0: today yeah and I hope you still feel that way when I get <laughs> and really what I want to do today we're gonna to spend it's a three-week series about God and money what I want to do today is I really just want to drive on one point because it is the baseline on which everything else grows which on which everything else is built uh, would you stand with me? We're going to read one of the most, if not the most perplexing, it's um, not wanting to work this service. Had it been turned off before? Perplexing parables in all of Scripture. I, I'm perplexed right now, actually, by. What's happening? But I'm just going to keep pushing this button here. Y'all just keep praying for me and uh, we'll see what happens here. (laughs) Let's see if it works the other way. Yes, it does. Okay. Are you ready? Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him. So he called in each of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 450. Then he asked the second, and how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? Father, I thank you for your word and thank you for the presence of your Spirit. And I pray that the Holy Spirit's presence would be manifest in each person here. I have nothing to give, but Lord, flow through me and change lives. Help us to see. Help us to change our way of thinking where it needs to be changed, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. We all uh, have some of these stories. I'll share one of mine with you. Uh, a few months ago, maybe a year or so ago, I was uh, at the grocery store and. I won't mention which, uh, which. Um, actually, it wasn't, but I won't mention. <laughs> I was at the grocery store, and they were advertising that if you bought the national brand, you could get one of their store brand items that was a similar for free, uh, take it home and try it. Well, that that you know, that sounds like a pretty good idea. But every you know, each on on the shelves, they had the ones marked that you could do that with. And, and there really wasn't anything I was all that interested with. I mean, you know, I like Jif, and so I wasn't about to suffer through a week or two of, you know, an inferior peanut butter. But when I got around to, uh, when I got around to the dog biscuits, I thought, ah. Because my dog loves dog biscuits. Uh, in fact, he is aptly named. Uh, his, uh, his, his given name is Peanut. we've discovered that his real name is he who lives on treats and you know a peanut is and he's very picky about his dog biscuits because I found a big bag of dog biscuits at um, Tractor Supply good price he hates them Uh, he'll take it you know he gives you these what he looks like he'll, he'll take it and then he'll just go drop it in the yard somewhere Sometimes he'll leave it on the doorstep, kind of like, you gave this to me, I'm giving it back to you. <laughs> but he likes uh Purina dog biscuits. And I thought, okay, Purina. And there was a little tag there going, buy the national brand get ours And I thought, hey, he might like this, this kind of dog biscuit too, and they're cheaper. So I got both of the boxes, and I went up to the, uh, to the register where you're, uh, it was the, the self-checkout and when I when I swiped the you know the Purina one and then I swiped the uh I don't mean I stole it I mean you know swiping the price (laughs) uh, uh, the uh the barcode for the Purina ones it rung up it charged me and so I went over to the to the the person who was doing the helping helping supposedly helping people who were doing self-checkout and I said you know uh, the sign said that if I bought the national brand, I'd get the store brand for free. But it it charged me for it. And he said, "I don't know that. I don't know that. That's what they teach you to say." the right answer is I'm very sorry sir let me take that off of your bill the second the next to the right answer was I'm very sorry sir let me go and check this for you the wrong answer was I don't know that (laughs) you ever gone to a fast food place and you're the only one at the counter except for the two gals having the conversation behind the counter and pretending that you're not there or texting or you know doing something and when that happens don't your your immediate instinct is to go oh i'm so good i'm so glad they're having a good time no your immediate instinct is this this country is going to the cats Okay, get that frown off your face, Valerie. Okay. <laughs> no, you think, why don't you do, just do your job? Somebody's paying you to do this, right? Why don't you just do your job? I mean, that's what you think. And, and it is at times like these that we should be reminded of Matthew 7, 3, where Jesus said, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own eye. We are the house of stewards. For those of you who are familiar with the Lord of the Rings, you know what a steward is. Uh, Denethor sat in, in the throne room, but not on the throne, because the steward doesn't sit on the throne. The steward sits under the throne. The steward is the one who is in charge of everything that belongs to the king while the king is away. When the king comes back, he gets it all back. But while he's away, the steward is the one who is in charge and uh, has authority. We, uh, we might use the term manager, and, and the NIV did use the term manager, but, but, but steward is not only a more lofty term, it's more precise. Because a manager, you know, a manage, manager can manage all kinds gerbils I mean you know manager can manage all kinds of things a steward manages a great house A steward manages what belongs to the king and for a steward the concept has two components and the most important one is this everything belongs to the king everything The Bible teaches that that everything is God's. Uh, When the plagues were coming on Egypt and the plague of of thunder and and fire uh, coming down out of the sky, uh, right before it was stopped, Moses went to Pharaoh and he said this, the thunder will stop and there will be no more hail so you may know that the earth is the Lord's. and It's not just the Lord's. The psalmist says the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live on it, and it's not just the Old Testament. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He was, he was quoting the psalmist, but he was reinforcing it. And we talked last week, you know, something's, something's brought up three times in Scripture. It's, it's pretty important stuff. And we believe this, don't we? I mean, we Christians, everything belongs to God, right? That was not an overwhelming response that I got just then. But I'm going to assume that silence gives consent. The Bible also teaches us why everything belongs to God. One of the reasons is because He made it in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. But He not only made it, He keeps it going. Hebrews 1, 3, The sun is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. There is a... Force that sustains the Sun coming up and the stars staying in rotation and gravity and nuclear forces and 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 everything that we see around us that makes up the material world there's a force that does that it's the Word of God Colossians says he is before all things and in him all things hold together without him it's all gone won't be here in fact not only that he's the one He feeds us. Psalm 104, all creatures look to you to give them their food at the proper time. And when you take away their breath, they die and return to dust. All butterflies and and bulls and bulldogs and penguins and porpoises and people. Say, well, I got my food at that store that you just were talking about. God gives our food to us. And when He, ta- when he removes breath, when he, when he turns away, we're gone. We're finished. So it all belongs to Him. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. So what does it mean to say that everything belongs to God? It means I own nothing. Yeah, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because I mean, we've got a strong sense of of private ownership, personal ownership in our culture. Not all cultures do, and and not all, and you know, some of them are probably better off for not having quite as strong a a a sense of it as ours do. Uh, They certainly seem to get along pretty well. I'm not, I'm not against private ownership. I'm just saying that that's a cultural thing. See, God trained the Hebrews to look at things as if they belonged to Him. You know, when He, when he gave an inheritance to a, to a family in yeah. a tribe, he, he taught them to look at it as, this is something I gave to you. You don't have the right to get rid of it. it. Because it's not just for you. It's for you and your children and your children. And if you do get rid of it, every 70 years it's got to come back because it really belongs to me it doesn't actually belong to you in fact every every seven years I want you to let it lay fallow yeah. so that was that was the that's how the Bible looks at it that it all belongs to God and ownership also is implies upkeep I remember when Margaret and I bought our first house one of the guys in the church came to us and uh, one of the elders in the church, and he was, he was a home builder. Now, he built houses we couldn't afford, but he, he came to us. He knew we'd bought a house. He said, uh, So, you bought your first house? Huh? I said, Yeah, yeah. He said, Well, uh, have you had to do anything to it yet? I said, Well, yeah, now that you mention it, I had to do, do a couple of things to it. He said, It never ends. It never ends. There's always something that you have to do to it. Yeah. And you know what? If you own it, you can't call up the landlord and say, Hey, the sink's broken. Because <laughs> you're him. <laughs> you're the one, you're the one who's got to take care of it. So if you're if if everything belongs to God, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now I this this the steward, the second thing, the second component of stewardship, everything belongs to the king. Second component is the steward is entrusted with responsibility for someone else's property. That's what a steward has, someone else's property. This is a position of sacred trust and of great value and of responsibility. It, it carries meaning with it. This parable, as I said, it's one of the most perplexing parables in all of Scripture. I mean, I've read it for years and just gone, no, I didn't get it that time either. Yeah, Don't don't know that I quite understand what's being said here. Actually, the older I've gotten, the more I've thought, there's a lot being said here. There really is. A few years back, uh, James Ryle uh, came here, and he uh, used this parable um, to break people into three categories. And I'm gonna go somewhere else with it, but I, but I want to refresh your memory. Those of you who were here at the time, he said, uh, because the guy who was the steward, when he found out he was going to lose his job, and that's something to consider. You know, if God decides you can't do the job anymore, but when he decided, found out he was going to lose his job, he said, I'm I'm too i I'm, I'm not strong enough to dig. He said, some people are diggers. And they are. I mean, some people are, you know, that that nose to the grindstone 24 7, 365, go, 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 go. That's, you know, get, and, and it's hard to get through to diggers because diggers don't understand why everybody's not out there digging. Seriously. Hey, you're not digging. You don't eat. You know, you got to dig like me. Got, got Just got to be going, 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 all the time, all the time. Um, It's a miserable way to live. Uh, You know, most diggers don't understand it. I mean, they don't understand really how unhappy they are until they get to the end. I was reading uh, a few months ago uh, um, an article that was based on interviews with um, a number of different people who were, their job was, they were caregivers at end of life. Uh, some of them were hospice some of them were nurses and others but they they had been with a lot of people as they passed out of this life and the the question that they were asked and what uh, what they were trying to find out is what's the biggest regret people have at the end of life and there were there were several things but far and away blowing everything else out of the water number one was the biggest regret people have at the end of life is to go I wish I hadn't worked so hard I wish I had taken more time for my family. I wish I'd taken more time for the people that I love. I wish I'd taken more time for the things that I enjoy. You know, God God did not give us this life to work. He gave us this life to enjoy. And we need, we work and and with God's favor and God's grace we enjoy our work, but not when it takes over. And it can take over pretty quickly without us noticing He said, some people are diggers said some people are beggars now let me just tell you not all beggars are destitute in fact there's a lot of beggars it's a state of mind there's a lot of beggars got a whole lot more money than than you got you know them. you know if you go to lunch with them who's buying you better take your billfold yeah Like I say it it is a state of mind and and some people just don't mind at all going there Some people are diggers some people are beggars the third group are people who are stewards, but stewards are only stewards when they understand Everything belongs to the king and everything I have is managing something that somebody else owns And not me That's that's the only that's the only way to be a steward well in thinking of that as I was approaching this, uh, this series, walk- Barbie gets in her office and she prays and seeks God and you know, and eats carpet and the tears flow and, and the and the incense goes up and the music's playing, and it's just so wonderful. And so when she gets up and says to y'all, don't y'all want to come down here and cry with me, y'all do. That's not how I do it though. I mean, I, I'm I'm walking down, I'm walking peanut. You're going, okay, God, what are we going to talk about? You know, kind of thing. And, and that's when he speaks to me about things. And, uh, so that's why I say, you know, when I say, you want to come down here and cry with me? He goes, no, we want to go walk our dog. You know? <laughs> but we're going to think about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, as I was coming up on this, I was going, okay, well, you know, God, where do I go with this? And he brought this parable to mind, and I went, no, not that. No, not that one, please he said let me show you something so I got to looking at it I saw something that I hadn't seen before I noticed something about this third group as it relates to this guy the steward he wasn't a good one and not because he stole money that really didn't seem to be a problem for his we'll get there in a second but the clue the crucial clue lies in this repeated question How much do you owe my master who's supposed to know the answer to that question the steward he's the one who's supposed to uh, that should never be a question he would have to ask and so here he is he's asking this question and you see like I said the fact that he misuses the owners resources didn't seem to bother the owner the owner had unlimited resources if the owner's God, God has unlimited resources. Truth of the matter is, God would love for his people to be so generous, for his people to be so giving, for his people to be so, uh, 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 such a source for those around him so that others would see what he's actually like and go, hey, I want, I to. Want how do I get into this? How do I get to be a part of it? Can I, can I serve this God? Yeah, you can. Yeah. But we aren't like that. I knew y'all were gonna like that line a whole lot. <laughs> we aren't like that, and so the world sometimes has trouble seeing what he looks like come on, come on. because of how we are. So I mean, he—it's not a problem for him for us to be generous because he's generous. and Nobody's generous the way he's generous. I mean, he—he—he's definitely above and beyond that. So that wasn't the problem. The problem was. The fact that the steward did not do his job with what the owner had given him betrayed an indifference toward the owner. If I have $100 and I want to blow it on something frivolous, that's my business. If you give me $100 to take care of and I blow it or neglect it or forget about it, that says something about how I feel about you if somebody wants to borrow some money from you somebody wants to borrow $500 for you first of all don't let them borrow it unless you're willing to give it to them because otherwise you're asking for trouble but but second of all if they borrow it and then the next thing you know it's forgotten or maybe maybe you get one of these things here's the person that you loan the money to and here's you and here you are in the store and they see you first and shoot down that aisle because you're going that way and how does that make you feel well you know i mean for some people it may be you i need my money back for me it's not it's not about the money it's about man i wish you cared more about me wish you appreciated who I was yeah. Yeah. God feels the same way when he gives to us and we are neglectful we don't uh, uh, let's address something practical I'm going to address something practical I'm not it's not a question if, you know would you like for me to <laughs> I, I, I am uh, and some people will find it very elementary, and others will find it offensive, and some will actually get it, and maybe even change their life. Ne- next week we're gonna, we'll are gonna talk about the duties, we'll talk about tithing and generosity and beyond and things like that. Uh, but I already know the main reason why Christians don't tithe, uh, and it's because they don't steward. They don't steward well. They don't steward the resources that God has given to them. Uh, balancing a checkbook is essential. And I know a lot of people don't use checkbooks anymore. So, okay, balance your credit card. Balance the debit card. Balancing, you know what I'm talking about. Knowing what the resources that you have are is it's a tool. And I know that a lot of Christians just don't do it. Especially some younger ones, they just they just don't do it. It's not because they lack the skills. The skills are very simple. Uh, let me give you an example here. Let's say you have five hundred dollars, and you spend well. You you don't spend you you first of all take out your tithe fifty dollars, and then you write a hundred and ten dollars and seventeen cent check for food, and you. Uh, spend seventy-eight twenty-three on utilities and you uh, put some gas in your car 45 44 it's it's a light week and so you end up you've got 216 dollars and 16 cents left no multiplication no long division <laughs> no uh, no square roots of anything I mean it's just addition and subtraction that's all there is to it second grade math you go well yeah but there's a bunch of numbers up there and decimal points and things they, they, we live in the 21st century, and, they, and and modern science has given to us this incredible tool. It's called a calculator. <laughs> and all you have to do is just put numbers in, and bam, it's magic. It just shows up. There it is. That's all there is to balancing. Now, so why would somebody not do that? because they don't care enough now it's okay if it's your money you can care or don't care I don't care (laughs) but if it's not your money what does that say about the person whose money it actually is about how you feel about that person see yeah you're going to like this too the problem isn't a lack of skill. Oh, and by the way, if you say you don't have time, the same person who gave the money also gives the time. So that belongs to him as well. You know, often we're afraid to know the balance. I mean, you know, you may go, well, it's not because I'm, I'm lazy. I'm just afraid to know what's in there. <laughs> okay, you can cover the kid's ears or whatever, because I know that this word is offensive to a lot of people. That's stupid. Somebody goes, oh, ignorance is bliss. No, ignorance is helplessness. Ignorance is there's nothing I can do because I don't know anything. Well, you can know. You can know. And and while we're enjoying ourselves, let me just say (laughs) that if you think the ATM exists to let you know what your balance is, then I'm telling you already, you're not a good steward. That's not really what it's there for. And the, a- the ATM doesn't necessarily, always, sometimes it lies. You lie, ATM. <laughs> you said I had this much money, and I went out and spent it, and then I didn't. Well, you didn't have that much money, and it's not up to the ATM. It's up to you to know what what you got. It really is. And the ATM doesn't know what bill's coming in next next week. You you may know. You may go, well, you know, they may not send the electric bill this month. <laughs> yes, they will. I promise you. You know, well, the electric bill is usually about I don't know what it is. Maybe two hundred dollars. Maybe it'll be twenty this month. You know? No, it won't. Those kind of surprises are always bad ones. They're not good ones. When you open it up, you know. And so, uh, just because it says you've got one hundred and twenty-nine dollars at your atm doesn't mean that you can go out and buy the 99.99 gadget that you're that you're wanting to buy because there may be somebody else going to draw some money out of there Uh, this is this is news you can use people you know and sometimes we we tend to think well you know i i worked for it i earned it learn this verse you may say to yourself my power my strength the strength of my hands that produced this wealth for me but remember the lord your god for he is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth he's the one who gave you those hands he's the one who gives you the wisdom he's the one who gives you the strength and the energy and another day on this planet upright and vertical this is where everything starts if we don't acknowledge that it all belongs to god then we have no basis for following his instructions it's up to us if we want to do it or not. I mean, I, it's, it's my stuff. I'm just helping him out. He has no right to tell me what to do with it. And, and we're not just talking about money here. Because this concept goes into to every area of my life. If it's his, and I am his steward, I have no right to ignore my duties. Well... We're all Americans, so let's let's go here. What do I get out of this? What's in it for me? Yeah, it's it's the we gotta find out what's going on. Well let me just tell you, <clears throat> if we follow his way of handling money, life is so much better. You know, now if you're if you're in in, in, in yeah, I can say it. If you're in deep doo-doo, you you may need to You may need to take Financial Peace University and go ahead and take it. sign up for that thing. Get involved with it because you got got a bunch of changes that you need to make. But, and we're going to see over the next two weeks that that if we really function as if it's his money, there's a great freedom. There's a great freedom. I mean, you know, some things have to get sorted out, but it's like getting saved. You know, when I got when I when I came to the Lord, my life my life was a mess. It was it was a pile of junk, and I didn't I didn't know it. Uh, you know, I thought, hey, I'm doing okay, I'm doing all right. And then, you know, one day by God's grace, I was finally able to wake up and go. This this is this is a dead end, and I'm almost at the end of it, and I'm only twenty something. And I and I and I and I took that mess and I brought it over and I Gave it to because I can't do this anyway. You you think yeah, and wow Wow, not only did the did the black ring come off the white stove You know at, the, at that point in time, but my life changed and five years later. I could look back and go Wow, how did I get here? wow, I, this, this would have been, this would just been a, an impossible imagination five years ago. I mean, here I am. That's how God does it. And, and it's the same thing in every area of our lives. You know, and your finances may be a total disaster at this point in time. Look, pile it all up. You, you, can, you can keep trying to manage that disaster if you want to. But let me tell you, it's only going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. You ain't winning the lottery. And if you do it's not going to be a blessing to you but you just you, you pick all that up and you break it over and say okay god this actually is yours i'm going to start doing this your way and doing the things that you say to do and it may it i'm not saying that checks are going to start arriving in the mail next week they might but that's not what i'm saying i am saying that you're going to you, you'll look down the road five years from now three years from now and instead of being somebody who you know goes to the ATM to check their balance and is afraid to open up their mailbox and you know oh that's an official looking letter ooh I think I'll just let that one sit there for a while you know afraid to answer your telephone when it's a number that you don't recognize or because it is a number that you recognize that's that's no way to live God will take you to a place where hey you know more, ju- more credit card offers. Yeah, you know, I'm just, yeah. God will take you to a place where you can actually begin to live free. Free is free. Instead of you being responsible, he becomes responsible. And it makes you responsible, and as in a responsible person. Because he's given you a job. And not only that, money begins to lose its grip on us. It begins to lose its grip. I mean, money's got a bunch of people. Yes, I was going to, I don't want to say you, but it's got, it's got a bunch of people by the throat. And you really can't even interact with others around you without either thinking, how do, how, do, how can I get some money from them? Or are they trying to get some money from me? Or, you know, something because money, money, money's got its, got its tentacles inside of you. No, God's way, that, that goes away. You can, you can enjoy people for who they are. Not for what you might get from them or not get from them or what they're trying to get from you. Uh, this is good news. The most important thing that you get, what's in it for me, is uh, him. Him. him I've told this story a couple times and I don't know if it's a true story or not but it's truth the story of a a Roman patrician rich guy who had a son that was just a disgrace to him so he decided I, I can't leave I can't leave my estate to him his servant who was just as good as a son could possibly be and faithful in doing his job. The servant's name was, was Marcus and he uh, decided he was going to leave everything to Marcus. Actually, Marcus was a slave in his house, which was pretty much the norm in, in those days. And he went to his son and he said, you know, you've been a bad son and, and I can't leave my estate to you. I'm going I'm to leave it to Marcus. But because you're my son, I'll let you have one thing what do you want? I'll take Marcus. When you have the Lord. You've got it all. You've got it all. I I love the parable of the prodigal son because I relate to it on a bunch of different levels. But one of my favorite moments is when the father's talking with the the elder brother who's so upset because well you, you know this this son of yours took this money and wasted it and he's come back and now you're accepting him back home and everything and, and the father said to him, my son you're always with me everything i have is yours don't you understand that and so many believers don't understand that right. don't get it and even even more to the point Paul said, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? What do I get out of this? I get him. See, the choice is this. You can be your own king, and that's an illusion, or you can be his steward. There's really no other middle ground. It's one of the two. And and most of us are trying to do one part of the time and trying to do the other part of the time. There's great joy. There's great freedom. There's great blessing. And being a member, a part of the house of stewards. Would you stand with me? Oh my 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 my! You know, this obviously isn't a huge evangelistic type message or anything like that, <clears throat> divine healing or anything like that. But it's a come to Jesus message. And for some people, uh, you know, for most people, they're probably gonna go away and go, yeah, you that know, was a good, that was one of the, that was one of the better sermons about that topic that I've heard, and eh, forget all about it. But for some people, there's going to be some people here who this, their lives are never going to be the same. And that will, they will be blessed. Blessed indeed for that. Well, those who are going to pr- uh, pray with people, come forward. Uh, we're going to open up the altar for those who have uh, any needs. And you know, don't think, well, hey, you know, I've, been a, I've, been a, well, I've been a bad steward. God's not going to do anything for me that's not what he's like when we're bad stewards it's not him going you're a bad steward for me no he hurts for us because he knows what that does to us and he's he's gracious he's compassionate slow to anger full of mercy loving kindness so if you need something from God relationship healed finances You know, it may be time to say okay, I've been a bad steward, but I'm in trouble help. That's where you start That's how I got saved That's where you start healing if you don't know Christ You know you you can get saved boy, you'll have a testimony one of these days when I got saved at a at a at a at a tithing service (laughs) Hey, it's not about the sermon. It's about the spirit Moving in your heart, and if He's wooing you, it's because He wants you, we're going to worship for a few moments. And if you need to come, receive prayer for anything. You come. <laughs> Restore us, O oh Lord God Almighty. Let Your, your face shine upon. They shine upon us, restore us, O oh Lord God Almighty, we pray, we pray. I love you guys, I count it a great honor to get to pastor in this church. Remember Radix and their cookout and support them in that raise your hand let me give you a blessing May the God and father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who sent his son into the world so that we might <clears throat> so that we might be adopted into the family and so that we might have the honor of being stewards in his house may He give you the wisdom and the grace the authority to walk In your calling. And may your life be richly blessed and those around you because of your diligence toward Him through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.